if you've ever listened to a podcast or read one of my books and thought, I wish I knew if that was the right thing for my body, or how could I make that work with my schedule and responsibilities, I've got something for you. A new workbook by me coming out late spring. My Perfect Movement Plan, the Move Your DNA all-day workbook, is for your specific situation because you are going to finish writing it. When you're finished, you will have a guide to a personalized movement diet that nourishes your body in the ways that you need it to. My Perfect Movement Plan is available for pre-order now, and if you pre-order from the publisher, there's a bonus, a free ticket to an upcoming online workshop, Spot the Missing Micronutrients. It's a 90-minute class where you'll learn about five often missing movement micronutrients, and these are subtle movements of the body. In this case, we'll be looking in the shoulders and the hips and the feet that are often tied to pain or injury in those areas. In this workshop, I'll also show you how to supplement with exercise vitamins. I'm putting air quotes around vitamins and how to adjust your regular movement so exercise supplementation isn't as necessary. Pre-order now at mpmpbook.com. That's my perfect movement plan, mpmpbook.com. And you'll automatically receive a bonus class ticket. But wait, there's more. Um, I'm going to be drawing three names from these pre-orders and these peeps are going to get a small group session with me to go over your perfect movement plan. So you can ask me questions and we'll brainstorm your specific situation on a Zoom call together. I cannot wait. So head over to mpmpbook.com for all the details on the book and the bonuses. Read through the frequently asked questions, order the book, get the class, and then get moving. I'm so excited to share this workbook. It's the missing puzzle piece you've been waiting for, and it's so very actionable. This is Katie B, and you are about to listen to an early episode of my podcast. Now the show is called The Move Your DNA Podcast, and you can find all episode transcripts and the show notes to this episode at nutritiousmovement.com slash podcast. Enjoy. Says podcast where Danny Hemet and Katie Bowman talk about movement, the tiny details, the larger issues, and why movement matters. I'm Katie Bowman, biomechanist and author of Move Your DNA. Yes, you are. That, that and was I'm a little Danny. sing-songy. That was, that was sing-songy. <laughs> yeah. I'm Danny Hemet, a chronically curious movement teacher. Today's episode is was that sing songy? It was good. It was that was that was more just musical style. That was singing. That was just flat out singing. All right. Uh, today's episode is about natural movement and variability, but more variability than we've talked about up till now. Yeah, we've probably alluded to it. You know, a lot of times people will ask me a question. And I'll say, well, I answered that in a book because I know that I did, mm-hmm. but they're looking for a really explained in-depth answer where I might have answered it in a single line because, you know, when you're writing a book, you're trying to cover numerous things and then everyone's like, well, I have this little thread that interests me. And I'm like, seriously, every little thread that interests right. you could be its own book. So oftentimes I will sum up a very large category that could be another book or another topic with a single line So we're going to talk about that single line and what it has to do with variability. We've talked about this 
relative to things like temperature, you know, like is natural movement this like fixed set of moves that you do across the board, A to B. So this episode, this particular episode came about because uh, Debbie Bean and I, who's she's a director of New York Nutritious Movement, she like does all our operations. She's We're the trying best to figure out. She is I, the best. I see you, we Debbie. Give her a shout out all the time. We were trying to figure out what the topic for our newsletter should be. So we send out a monthly newsletter. If you're not subscribed to that, you can do it. Subscribe on the nutritiousmovement.com uh, homepage. And we are trying to figure out a good topic. And I said, you know, I think like my favorite, the, my favorite thing to do in January. So this is not global, but certainly in North America right now, it's we're getting into the meat of winter. Today's the the first full day of winter. I guess the second day of winter. It's the twenty second of yeah December. So like we are just we just now entered winter. And you know, if you're living in Australia, you can just flip this and listen to this again. In your summertime. <laughs> but it's kind of a cozy hunker downtime, and it seems to come about naturally. There's certainly less daylight. So we were we were thinking of coming up with just like retreat. Oh. Um, and this idea and just kind of like, you know, there is there is there's there's these natural rhythms going on, and there are many we're, we're not we're not really well trained to take natural cues any longer, right? It's like we have electricity, right? So it doesn't matter if the sun goes down early because I'll just flick that light on. And I've lost really um, a large component of the communication between the the natural world and well, my yeah hut you don't, that I live. You don't in. have to stockpile food, you know, as no. the leaves turn. You're not no. you're not keyed into that. No. Or eat less. Yeah. You don't have to eat less. Yeah. You didn't have to. You didn't gorge particularly. In fact, a lot of people will try to diet in the summer when the food is most most abundant. Right? You know, like right. it's just all kind of like it's just all it's all very unnatural rhythm like. So because I teach natural movement, there's just been so many questions about those types of variability. So I thought, oh, that'll be a fun. That would be a fun podcast to do, especially going into totally perfect timing. a season for some that is, you know, radically different. So anyway, yeah, yeah, that's what we're going to talk timing. about today. All right. Well, let's just start it off with you. There's the sidebar in Move Your DNA mm-hmm. called Everyone Wants to Be a Hunter. And this is one of those little things that it's just like, I don't know, 10 sentences blew my mind because I just hadn't thought of it that way. And then it changed the trajectory of of how I think about a lot of things like they're just that we shouldn't stick to one standard. I'm going to read it for you. Everyone wants to be a hunter. It is my belief that humans have unique food and movement requirements. While we have similar foundational necessities, our intrinsic uniqueness calls for input that fuels and replenishes the way we use our physiology to complete our community job. As with any group of animals, every participant fills a different role a role that capitalizes on individuals' strengths. Without a blend of strengths, our species would be vulnerable to gaps in our functionality. Said another way, not everyone needs to be the warrior, not everyone a nurturer, not everyone a hunter, not everyone a gatherer. Ugh, love that. Thanks. So good. So that was, so to me, that that whole, that one line that we have unique food and movement requirements is my answer to like, well, what about this? And I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. I, it's in there. You have a unique requirement, right? It's, right. it's, 
to to say well just to call out every single requirement and show how they're different is tedious like there's just a certain amount of work that right and you have touched on it before like when we were talking about walking with toddlers and stuff like that totally so i guess to set the stage if you will for thinking about movement we've gotten and i think maybe this is part of that nutrient centricism a little bit like where like there's just we have a diet we have a healthy diet it made me I remember reading sometime uh, someone someone's article going off on on fasting, like and how ridiculous it was. I, maybe it was like a juice fast or something like she's like, hum- this is what humans need. Humans need three meals a day and they need to be balanced with the protein and the car. Like she had the whole nutritional science thing. And I was like, well, that's that is a perspective that that you need three perfectly balanced meals three times a day it comes from abundant food and grocery stores and your particular yeah. understanding. Like, oh, you know, point. in in the in the natural world, there there are times when like that balance is not every single meal throughout every single day of your entire life. Right. There is a. Mm-hmm. There are there's a difference in your nutritional needs. And then there's also there's a variability. Variability is a probably better word than difference. There's a variability that goes throughout your lifetime as far as nutritional needs go. And then there is a variability in terms of what is available in your particular environment. And when you start to think about like, well, what is the natural relationship between a human and its landscape? The food is not equal straight across the board. Its availability is not the same 100% of the time. So your ratios of what you eat, they might not balance every single meal, but maybe over other periods of time they do, maybe over a week, maybe over a season. So I, we think of what is the best natural movement routine, you know, that I do every single day. So that's looking, that's like thinking about and a balanced exercise, like what's a balanced exercise program? If we were just going to go super easy, oh, I have to do cardio, I have to do strength, I have to do flexibility. <laughs> do your and triceps just, and your biceps, make exactly, sure you balance it right, out. <laughs> right, and then, oh, I'm doing up, now I'm doing upper body, but I'm going to balance my upper body with lower body, you know, and like maybe you can't, like if you're a bodybuilder, you're like, well, I can't do it all, I can't do my whole body every day, so then you justify balancing it over right. a week, right? So then Don't you have like Don't skip leg day. Right, right, and then... <laughs> flexibility i feel a little judgmental no sorry sorry (laughs) i then i think about someone trying to balance an exercise class just for those people who are trainers like oh well i balance i make sure i throw a little flexibility in at the end right you're you're Mm -hmm. seeking to balance the needs of movement and you're either thinking about balancing it over a routine one hour Mm. sometimes you're thinking of balancing it over a week maybe I've read some fitness or health magazines where like, here's your 30-day program in which you're trying to balance it over a month. You're trying to, it's varied over a month, but but when you're designing a program, you're trying to make it like sort of balance out. Like you're not going to do three weeks of only upper body activity. You know, like you do, you're just kind of always trying to, to balance it. So you can think about your, you having a rhythm so, that, so there's that, like that's the exercise programming mindset. And then there's just the reality of the biology of it all or the, the natural rhythm or the biorhythm, which is, you know, there's, there is a, there's a rhythm that you have over the day. There's a certain amount of light and all those things are affecting your movement, right? 
Right. Cold, like if now over that, a day and over over a month, like all. Oh, that. Well, I mean exactly in the day. I mean, so like right now, I'm just trying to like think of like if someone was going, how does it balance over a day? It's like, well, there's the time when the sun comes up. The sun didn't come up here till seven thirty this morning. Like I used to get up and walk really early at five thirty, but five thirty feels like aggressively unnatural for me right now. In the summertime, I'm all about rising at the 5.30 and really through the fall too. And last year I felt even better, but right now my body feels like, oh, it's it's not the right time for me to like push through. So sometimes we marry, we, we stay overly attached to the time in our schedule that we've allotted for exercise, whether or not it lines up with our natural rhythm for movement, right? Does that make right. sense? Yeah. You're like, well, I have this time carved out and I got to go to work at seven and I've been exercising at 530 for the last eight years and it's my only time. So that might not be your particular natural rhythm as much as it's your scheduling rhythm. Right. Wow. I've noticed that about winter too, because I'm an early walker and I just, I'm, it just doesn't feel right to get up as early and do it. Well, I mean, what is winter has a purpose, right? When, I mean, why are things... But, you know, trees are getting ready to do, I'm just thinking about trees because I love trees. Like they're, it's a conservation, it's not a dead time, you know, and things aren't dead as much as they look dead. What you just see is you're you're not seeing other work being done or prepared because there's going to be a huge push in the spring, right? So there needs to be, if you're going to have a huge push, you're going to need to conserve someplace else. And so you see, you're seeing a balance Mm-hmm. a balance of activity. So you can think about your own personal. So let's talk about movement. Like what, what movements should everyone be doing? It's like, well, not everyone is at the same stage in their biorhythm, right? Um, sure. What about toddlers? Right. So we, I think we are like, we talk about human movement quite a bit, mm-hmm. but we're, when we say human movement, we are most usually talking about, a fully able-bodied person aged 18 to 34. You know, right. Like that's, well, it's kind of like that Da Vinci's the Vitruvian man or whatever it is. You know, we're, you know, the the drawing of the man with the arms yeah. out and stuff. It's like we're, we go for these ideals and that that's the bar that we start from, you know, as that ideal. But there's so many different ideals. I mean, everybody, there's so much variability in just the starting point. Well, human is just a, human is a word that covers a lot of different types of people at a lot of different stages. But in our minds, when we talk human, we're most always talking about that human, one particular human, the warrior, because that's our society. Like our society, that's, that's the person that's the person that that we ideal idolize often the most, right? Because it's a, it's a cultural repetitive. It's the Vitruvian man, you know, like the the science model uses that, you know, often uses mm-hmm. that. And then we have to clarify if we're talking about another human. It's like, oh no, I'm talking about infant. It's like human's a huge category. Right. So when we talk about human movement, we just want to always, you know, we're usually talking about it in a particular fitness context the person who's at the exercise class or the person buying the exercise book which is not going to be toddlers often and then if we want to write an exercise book for not that vitruvian man then it has to have a special words like oh this book is for 
kids or this book is for right. seniors. Like we have to qualify human to not be that particular person. So just aware that that's a cultural phenomenon. If you are just recently cluing into it, it might be somewhat mind blowing. But if you've been working in human science for a long time, it's like, it's just, yeah, we, we over, we, we, that word, we, it's a very big word for, you know, a whole entire group of, you know, of a, a species, but we're really talking about one small thing in our mind. You know, when mm-hmm. we're using that word, we're often reaching for that one particular That's small true. model. So trying to think about the variations, you know, if you have questions about variability and movement, I would say that there's all sorts of variability that goes, I mean, you have variability, uh, you have a, you have varying abilities right. in humans, and, right? And- and for each human that has a varying ability, those there's different times of the day, month, and year, and lifetime that those vary too. Sure, so they're they're not like on the same flat line the whole time. You know, just thinking about if you're no one's at a flat line. No, no one's at no. a flat line. You're never no. at a flat time. You're never on a flat line of behavior. Nature is. Has a rhythm. It's going up and down and right. up and down and so in if you just, and out. If you have your little routine, like you're talking about, you're trying to balance your, you know, just say your exercise routine and you're having your period and you might push through these feelings of you just don't want to move as much or you don't want to you know, do the things that you are doing to balance out your exercise program or your movement program. Well, you, ha- you have just- to offset your weight gain, like, right? Like, if you're not, you should really be, <laughs> you have to offset that weight gain during your period. So, you know, keep, I mean, even though, even though it's just the swelling and the additional fluid in your uterus of that natural process, you want to really, you know, do some cardio, fix that up. <laughs> right. We can't just let that happen. No. Yeah. And so it's kind of cool when you start to pay attention to it, you know, I'm, I just, I'm not up for that today and let yourself not do it. It's. It feels balanced. It feels more balanced than sticking to a calendar of what you're supposed to do. Yes. There, I mean, so there is no supposed to do, I guess that's the point of the, like the variability is the permission that there, I don't think there is. I know, but we're surrounded, we're surrounded by supposed to do's, you know? I know. And we've talked about that before, like the shoulds and Mm -hmm. in the last show, you just, we, we kind of, I like the stepping back and looking at the variability because then it really sweeps away those supposed to do's because there are none. There are none. And I also think that we are used to thinking in that exercise box where it's exercise, yes or no. Right. So it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, Oh, I am where you, I I think a a menstrual cycle is another, it's another period. That's why it's called period, right? That's another period of which to evaluate that you are not, you don't have all exactly the same parts to your body. You've got different things coming and going over that phase. So to be doing exactly the same routine over all of those days, I think what tends to happen is we'll use day off mentality. It's like, I really need a day off. It's like, well, I still do think that movement, you know, the luxury of a day off is not, it's not something that you get a, an abundant amount of in nature, but maybe the way you move looks different. You know what I mean? Right. So I think we're just like, oh, I don't feel good day off. It's like, well, sometimes movement though is part of the healing process, but you have to make sure that your idea of natural movement or exercise or whatever it is that you're thinking of 
isn't the hunter-type movements, right? So if you're always pulling out, you know, to do a squat, you know, everyone's going, everyone's using a bat. So if we go like kind of that natural world mindset for a second, everyone is going to be squatting to go to the bathroom once or twice a day. So to me, those aren't exercises. So if you're like, oh, I don't feel good, I'm not going to do my squats. It's like, you don't have to do some squats, but to, you know, how about just drop down and gently sit in a squat? Like that would still be part of your natural movement cycle, no matter really where you were in your life cycle to really just to think about it a little bit, to go, what are the movements that would be threaded throughout my day every day, no matter my feelings or no matter my stage and which ones are summertime abundant intensity, abundant food exercises or movements, right? right? That you start thinking about movements as having seasonal components in the same way we think about, is it seasonal food? Is that, yeah. what's the, is there a whole title for the seasonal food movement? I feel like there's a name for it, but is it I macrobiotics? Don't I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't know. But, you know, you have seasonal availability. There's, there are, Times and locations, right? It's not always season. It's just also where you live. Where you are, yeah. Where things are more or less possible that you have to kind of fake that element too in the same way that you're, you could do whatever you want whenever you want, right? That's the privilege of being most people right now. It's like, if I want blueberries in January, fresh, I'm going to get them. And so we kind of have that same mentality to our exercises. Well, like when I was a little kid, I I wondered why in Slavic countries and, you know, like Russia and and stuff, it's like, why so many beets? I thought, wow, they really must like beets and root vegetables, you know, that they eat so much. It's like, no, that's what's available. Right. You know. So I think just turning your eye to, to that, you know, that there can be this that you can change the types of natural movements that you're doing to even natural up your natural movement, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah. I want to talk about the gift you just sent me. Can I do that? Yes. Can I'm so I? glad you got it. You can, of course. <laughs> oh, I did. It's it's really awesome. Okay. She sent me this calendar. And at first I opened it, I'm like, oh, okay, a calendar. Yay. It's pictures of flowers on it. But it's a t- <laughs> like sucky worst gift ever. <laughs> Thanks. But then, okay, so it's called the Passamaquoddy Moon Calendar. Passamaquoddy, they are a tribe, right? And it's northeastern United States. Yeah, maybe up around Maine. Is it like yeah. around Maine? Like, yeah. Yeah. Maritime. So this calendar, I open it up and I'm like, they have, first of all, at the title, the, the top of the page, there's no January. Okay, so I'm like, all right. But they're titled, and this is all written in Passamaquoddy language, spelled phonetically and English. They're they're titled by the moon, but that's not only the, the weird part about it. I mean, that's pretty cool because I'm a moon person. I love moon cycles. But this, this was actually a perfect gift for me. You should know this. I don't know if you just were stabbing in the dark on that. No, I knew. No, but I knew this was exactly I love, the right Yeah, thing. I love this kind of flip you on your head sort of thinking. So the the months that would normally be title months are, are titled by what kind of moon it is. And at the bottom, it explains the moon. But then instead of having your one through 30 or your one through 31, they're actually 
like 30 through 21 on the page. So it's going by the moon cycle and not the Gregorian or our standard calendar. Um, And so it's like a nature time calendar. Yeah. And I love this because it's going in my workroom, like by the garage where I already have moon cycles hung up because I love, I love to know what's going on with the moon. So this is perfect. And I'm going to read some of the, the kind of um, I'm doing months in air quote, but let's just say moon because that's where the word month comes from, right? Is moon. So there's the big moon, the whirling wind moon. OMG. When the spruce tips fall moon. Spring moon. Who doesn't love that one? Egg laying moon. What is this? Alewife moon? That, that, just so you know, you got to get busy when the egg laying moon comes out. Okay. That's like a fish, right? Alewives, uh, yeah, they're so. fish. They're fish. Yeah. So it's egg they're laying, natural, and then you've got to gather, natural right? Cues. Right, they're yeah. natural cues. They're this just, is they're brilliant. To remind you, yeah, they're to. Well, I mean, the month names that we use, like they're all after you know guys' names, right? Right, gods' names, gods. So it's like they're arbitrary. The Gregorian calendar is a is an arbitrary organization and of I time. I have always stood by that, and I love that that you sent me yeah. this calendar because I've always had a little bit of a. An issue well, with that arbitrary timing of things. Well, this is more. This is more natural. There's like feather shedding moon, yeah. ripening moon. This is like when things happen. Of course, everyone's favorite, the harvest moon, freezing moon, frost fish moon. Yeah. Well, yeah. This is like when things happen. Well, it's to help you survive in your environment, right? Like these are cues to help you to help adjust your behavior where. You know, there, there. It's it's knowledge passed on. Like this is the moon when this happens. So then you can kind of get prepared. You're organizing your mind around what you do. I guess in the same way you see December's coming, you're like, oh, I gotta do Christmas shopping, and da, da. like you're you are organizing your time sure. too around the months that you're given. It's just that there, it's not uh, natural behaviors necessarily mm-hmm. associated with those terms. So these just. And this is just one tribe's names for moons. There's obviously right. different ones are going to vary based on what's happening in your landscape. So <clears throat> sure. here's something else that's interesting to like think about natural movement as something varying to your particular landscape, right? Natural movement isn't a set of moves that every single person did, you know, back in the olden days. You're going to have like there were people who traveled more by water. There were people who traveled more by walking there was people who lived in mountainous regions right so so natural movement can't even really be called a single set of any particular moves because everyone's doing something different based on the region where they are which is why i've always tried to keep you know with move your dna that's what that's what this is saying if you go back and listen to it again which is your your movements are going to like what is natural to you really depends on so much of of the terrain you know mm-hmm. so it's not like oh you're you should be able to you know climb at high altitude is like I, there is no altitude where i live so i would be missing this natural movement it's like well that might not be in your menu for natural mm-hmm. movement so i stick to the basics right doesn't matter if you're way up high in the taos mountains or if you are on a bunch of planes, like you probably had to squat to go to the bathroom, right? Like so, right. yeah. And everyone's walking. What they're walking over will vary a little bit, but it's certainly not going to be flat level cement or in the mall, right? So you can just kind of 
vitamin texture and terrain are huge categories that vary depending. So, and I was thinking, you know, that one section that you read with groups of animals that every participant is filling a different role that capitalizes on their strengths, or it could be that everyone has many, many strengths and the role that you fill is de- depends on the need. And so like that, so I wrote this in 2014, everyone wants to be a hunter. And back then the information that I had was this colony model mm-hmm. in biology, which is ants, bees, probably some other bugs. I don't, I don't know my, my bugs very well that it was this idea that there were worker bees and there are drones or in ants. I don't know what they are like that. There's diff- there's, you know, there's fighting ants and then there's, right. well, there's the, feed scouts, the babies. There's the ants that get rid of the dead bodies. There's, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, they all have their little jobs, right? They have their jobs and like, that's their jobs. And I just read this fascinating article. I'm going to, can you link to it in the show notes? Sure. Do you have that technology? To, to link to the show notes. Do I do. A, I do. Even though I have my Pasamaquoddy moon calendar, I, I do have the technology tech. and the power. So the, art, the name of the article is The Queen Does Not Rule. And it was written by Deborah Gordon, who is, she's a, bio, a biology professor at Stanford. And she has this book that anyone's looking for a last minute Christmas gift to give me? Ant Encounters? Well, you're going to get like 300 of these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Songs. Don't send me anything. Don't send her the book. Ants encounters interaction networks and colony behavior. And she's saying that this idea, this division of labor, this this idea of a natural instance of a social system governed by the division of labor was really, it was created by E.O. Wilson. And he just, he was, of course, coming from a place where this was really valued. Like he saw that this is how ants worked. Because this is how humans work, right? You do, you know, you do your podcasting and you go to the factory and you go do this shit like that. Everyone just had their job in society and that's how societies worked really well. Everyone just doing their job. Do your full job. Take care of your right. own, you know, like take care of your skill set. But she says that ants don't actually perform like this. They are not specialized factory workers. Ants switch tasks. An ants role change. I'm quoting from the article. An ants role changes as it grows older and as changing conditions shift the colony needs. An ant that feeds the larva one week might go out to get food the next. Yet in an ant colony, no one is in charge or tells another what to do. And she says the queen is not in charge. The queen is simply a queen because she's laying eggs. Mm. That the ants, that the colony is not a monarchy, that the ants are actually communicating with each other, I think chemically, and that is how they figure out what still needs to be done. And then they just decide w- what they're going to do. The tasks based on, again, this kind of this group mentality coming together. And it's like, wow, the idea that we don't actually have specialized tasks, that those two are fluid. And I was like, oh, another it was just another cultural influence on science. And then so if I could go back and I can because we're, we're going to um, do an updated version of Move Your DNA Oh, next year. Okay. That's not a new book. It's not a new book. 2017. We're adding a bit. We're adding programs, like different movement programs to the back. So it's uh, in new pictures. Anyway, we'll talk about it later. Okay. But so 
like I would edit as I, as I was listening to you read that I wrote as with any groups of, as with any group of animals, every participant fills a role, a role that capitalizes on individual strengths. I would have to change that now with this, with my new way of thinking based on them better understanding that it's not this industrial, it's not that ants aren't behaving like humans, interestingly enough, <laughs> that, that they're, that they really have all strengths, it seems, and they fill the and role that is necessary and it's shifting over a period, a season, a day, I like over the egg laying moon. I don't know, but. Or sure, if something happens to the colony yeah. and they have to, to scramble and move. I mean, that's right. pretty cool. Yes. I just, I just thought like, wow, we have that capacity. And, and one more with the variability. Now I wanted to go back to, there was a really nice Twitter, Twitter. That's how we Tw- say it. We say Twitter. Twitter. Twitter or tweet, a nice, maybe. <laughs> yeah, a nice Twitter interaction of a group of people. There's Someone had put out something like, you know, sitting kills or whatever. And then someone else, you know, put out, well, it's it's stillness. You know, it's not sitting or standing. It's just, it's just a lack of movement. And then a gentleman popped in and he was like, so if sitting kills, you know, are are we paraplegics out of luck, right? Because sitting is sure an often necessity. And then I had to chime in and I was like, no, I don't. The, the goal here is not everyone should have equal capacity for movement, but that everyone is working towards maximizing their capacity for movement, right? Which are two different things. So when we're using things like human movement, it doesn't, I don't think it has to be, explicit all the time hopeful like the work to understand that the term human involves lots of that it involves all people is the work of of every individual right so right. um so just to like when you say human it includes all humans so i just thought that was really nice to clarify with this variability that ability varies and so just to be thinking of like oh i can't do this or that it's like we all don't have to aspire to the same tasks. At this point, what we're all just talking about is maximizing our own personal capacity. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Oh, that's cool. All right. So what moon are we on? I guess it it's would really be challenging. The freezing. It's the frost fish moon. Really? No, it's well, the whirling wind moon. Wait a minute. Where are we? No. Yes, ma'am. <gasps> oh, we are. Sorry. So the thing is, so you think it's just easy, like those people out there listening, your mind is so dependent on a Gregorian calendar that when you see it, I mean, so um, Arthur. Totally, because I flipped to the first page and thought, well, this should be January 2017. (laughs) (laughs) It's a right, because the the moon of the season does not begin on January 1st, right? It begins before that. So it's. And and also, there is no right or wrong calendar. There are just how different people organize time. So I really like Arthur Haynes. He's just so clear. He said, this calendar was created as part of a personal learning project to, stu- to study the Passamaquoddy language. It is also an attempt to return to a more natural calendar based on solar and lunar cycles rather than the Gregorian calendar, which is an arbitrary set of dates imposed on the natural yearly cycle. 
This calendar uses the yearly system published in recent years by the Maliseet with the language and moon names of the Passamaquoddy. But he's also saying, like, this calendar is not an attempt to replace any existing calendars, nor do its creators assert this calendar is more or less authentic than others. It was produced to learn and honor the ways of the people who first inhabited the dawn land. So it's just, there is no right calendar. Like that's, that's the first, maybe the cultural shift is like, it's just, uh, did I talk about this? What, what geography is the study of? No. Did I say this already? No. What is geography? What is geography? Yeah. Well, I guess it'd be the study of, well, I guess maps are political, huh? I don't know. What is geography? I feel like you're asking me a lot of questions. (laughs) But yes, what is geography? Geography is the science or the study of how people view where they live. Yeah, because it's all just. It's not like there's, it's it's not a natural, it's not, it's, it's just, it's how people make sense. It's how human beings make sense. It's not, and like no other animals are using it. It's just how people are making sense of where they live. And so I, I find it interesting. It's like, oh, what's the need to? Well, it is. Know, put- I was teaching my kids about countries that are gone. And they're like, what do you mean? You know, like Czechoslovakian, like, what do you mean gone? Because they're right. envisioning it like it's just fell yeah. into the ocean, right? No. Or it blew up. And I'm like, no, it's just, it's a political line that was drawn. It's just the way we perceive where that is. The, the whole yeah. place is still there. We just call it something different, and therefore it's different on the map now. Right, right. The map is just, it's just our perception. Again, it's just, it's not a tangible thing. So, so much. I've just been really tuning in, you know, having little kids and going, oh, it's Friday. It's like, it's well, to be clear, because he'll have a question over my son. You know, he's always, he thinks very largely and he's like well is it friday there and i was like no he's like well then it's not friday i was like you're right it's not actually friday this is the day like this is and so he already god god bless critical thinking (laughs) yes he he already he already has a hard time reconciling those general statements that we make all the time that are essentially false like almost everything we're saying all the time isn't a true statement without the putting the set around it, which is like, oh, I'm talking about the way North Americans think, right? It's according to Mm -hmm. our perception, it's Friday. So um, it's been uh, truly educational having kids and it's been truly educational playing with an organization of time. So I'm glad we get to play today together because I'm going to be like, when are we going to go out and collect spruce tips? Oh, I know in the spruce tips moon. So when's my birthday? Oh, spring moon. Mm -hmm. First week of the spring moon. Yep. And it, and it's, so it's like, you know, it tells you when you're, it's just a full moon, every moon cycle. It's, it's so great. Okay. I'm going to stop rambling about no, this calendar. It's, it's very cool has. though. I really, I really like it. And as a side yeah. note, this has nothing to do with the beauty of this, but why first, when I saw Pazamaquoddy, I got so excited because as a child of the seventies and eighties, Pete's Dragon, the original had a huge impact on me. I don't know why some people think it's a creepy movie, but I loved it. But all I knew from Pazamaquati was it was a hard to say name of a place. Padamaquasi, no, Pacumasadi, no, no, Pasamamasi, Aquatamapati, Pasamadadi, Aquatamapasi, Aquatamadi, Dapadadi, Dapamasi, Quatapasi, Pasapasa, Pasaquasa, Aquadi.
Have you seen the new Pete's Dragon? No, no. I only like my I only like my you dragons it's great. animated with live action all around them and with pink hair and named Elliot. And I draw the line. I draw the line at the real looking dragon. I'm sorry. It's good. We don't go to movies all that often. And our this was our kids first movie to go see the new Pete's Dragon. And it was really great. But it was it's a wild boy. It's a it's a slightly different story. But the crazy thing was, as we were watching this Hollywooded up wild boy who lived in the woods running around barefoot leaping and i could tell that somewhere in some producer's room like we got to make this kid look you know like crazy wild let's give him long hair let's give him bare feet let's give him this type and i was like he just looks like my kids like to me through all of that crazy hollywood wild up let's make him look totally different than his kid counterpart like living in a town he just looked like my kids like my we were I was like cringing I was like oh my gosh they thought that this was that this would be perceived as like crazy impossible and it just looked like our actual children and I saw at one point he's running barefoot over stones and through a river and I could tell that they had to put something flat and smooth for him to be able to do that scene. You can see it. Because, of course, that's what I was looking sure. for. Oh, yeah. Like, how is he hand- How is that kid handling that sprint across the barefoot? And you could see just the flat, like, that they had put something, like, underneath the water, like a rubber flat thing, so he could just run full speed over the bramble and the, it's like stone, very stony, rocky water, but... Yeah, that I, was a, a aha moment. I, I did the same oh. thing in the Jungle Book. I was like watching his scaps the whole time when he's swinging. So yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. We're ruined. Let's get out of here. Yeah. I love winter. I like hunkering down. I like breathing the cold air, the whole shebang. Mm-hmm. Me too. You have Although to come here in the winter sometime. Maybe. Yeah. It seems really cold. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll definitely come out again and I'll bring everyone this time. Yeah. Okay. All right, let's let's uh, take it out just so we can we can chat after. Are you ready? Yeah, it's you, babe. Thanks for listening. For more information, books, and online exercise classes, you can find Katie Bowman at Nutrition. Oh wait, that's me. That's weird. You can find me at nutritiousmovement.com and Katie Bowman. It's weird. We'll be at the same place all the time. You can find more from Danny Hemmett at moveyourbodybetter.com. Bye. Bye bye. you find the general information in this podcast informative and helpful, but it is not intended to replace medical advice and should not be used as such.